right. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Pod on You Loons. I'm Justin. Hey, and I'm Sam. Pod on You Loons, everyone. Good to be back. Good to be back. We have a win to talk about, and we have a bunch of news. But first, let's give a shout out. Our two-time Pod on You Loons guest, Grant, he and his buddy Alex, they started their own podcast, the Dummy Run Podcast. We inspired him, I guess. <laughs> or or he hung out with us and was like, man, if those guys can do a podcast, I can do a podcast. <laughs> no, no, it was good having him. And, and like, you know, I could even from when we had conversations with him, he seems like he really dig the idea of a podcast. And have they released episodes yet? Yeah, I listened to their first one. It was good. It, it was definitely good. He, he talked about some things that he talked about on our show, so I'm glad that they were on our show first. Um, <laughs> but no, he he did very well. Um, I, I could tell when he was on our show, he, he was a natural. Like, I hardly had to, you know, usually when you have someone on for the first time, I expected a bit of growing pains, a, a little bit of extra editing that would have to go into it. But he more or less was a natural. He knows his stuff. I listened to his first episode and it was great. So check out the Dummy Run podcast. You can follow them on Twitter at Dummy Run Pod. Hopefully we can get Grant and maybe even Alex, who I haven't met yet. Hopefully we can get them back on the show soon. Finally, Grant, thank you for the Twitter advice. I did not really use Twitter before this podcast. I was stuck in the 2000s and (laughs) using Facebook. And I didn't realize that in Twitter, you can, it's okay to just add everyone. And I I look at Grant's uh, Twitter page for his new podcast. I was like, how do you already have this many followers? And I I couldn't figure out what he did. And so I'm texting with him and he's just like, yeah, I just, you know, looked at everyone that liked a post by Minnesota United and I just followed all of them and like, follow back, man. Follow back, man. That's all. That's all Twitter's about. Well, I thought that that was before he said that I thought it would have been creepy, right? Like for me to just <laughs> follow random people, but yeah, but I mean, that's, I think, I think that that's what gets people interested. Right. And like, I mean, it is fun when a famous person follows you back. Like I've had a couple of those moments where I, like, Oh, someone like of interest is like, Oh, they, they care about me enough to click follow on Twitter, which is like such a small thing to do. Right. But, but it does resonate and people get excited about that. So following back who's the most famous person that's followed you back i had i had larry fitzgerald for a little bit in the early days of twitter because i i student taught at holy angels which is where he went to high school and they're they're actually in the conference that i went to um like when i was in high school farmington was in this conference called the Minnesota conference with with them and i i tweeted him about just like you know i hated the school and now i'm teaching here and he we tweeted back and forth for a little bit and he, he followed me. He didn't follow me very long, but there okay. was a time, you know, back before check marks and stuff that uh, Larry Fitzgerald and I were Twitter friends. <laughs> okay. That is more famous than, uh, than I would have expected. I was going to expect, Oh, you know, this uh, Vikings blogger followed me back once or And that, and that's, that's something too, that I enjoy, right? Like not to get on like this, Twitter rant. I'm actually, I'm actually just full disclosure as Sam has learned this. I'm actually on a Twitter cleanse right now. So I'm glad that Sam, at least one of us is, is actually partaking in Twitter because 
I spent way too much of my life on that website. Maybe I'll go back someday. I probably will. Uh, but just a Twitter cleanse right now. But it's good to interact with people, right? Like I had writers for the Vikings that I would text or not text, tweet back and forth. You know, and I think that's people love engagement. And that's what's nice about Twitter is it allows you to engage with anybody, right? Yeah. For good, or, for good or for bad. <laughs> well, what I like is since I only follow people related to the loons, I don't get a lot of political things. Some, definitely some, but not much, which is... QAnon's and not in your uh, your Twitter, Twitter mentions? It is not, no. <laughs> yeah, it not. don't go, it's on don't my go Facebook. down that road. <laughs> Oh, speaking of Twitter, though, like, did, have you told the have you told our listeners about your new your new handle? You got a snazzy new handle on your Twitter. Oh yeah, I think it's at Cheesehead Loon, right? Like, now I I don't use my personal account very much. I just use um the pod the Pod Loons at Pod Loons. That's the one I normally use, but I do have my own. Since if I'm going to be interacting, I figured. I, I I didn't want it to just be my my name. That's lame. So I got Cheesehead Loon. So I'm at Cheesehead Loon. Surprised it wasn't taken yet. Gonna be honest, but it's my yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how much overlap in the Venn diagram there is of Packer fans and Loon fans. But there has to be some, right? Like I so, think there's a lot based on all the people that I just randomly followed over the past week. I think yeah. that there's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Good and bad to know, I guess. Well, that, that is a thing about transplants and the MLS is that a lot of us, well, in, in my case, there's not an MLS team in Wisconsin where I'm from, but a lot of us didn't grow up watching the MLS because the MLS wasn't big when we were growing up. Right. So it's a way to connect with your local sports scene in the city you live in now. And that is big for me. You know, already I've been to by far more Loons games than I have Packers or Badgers games, which those were the two main teams I, I grew up following. I've been to far more Loons games at this point than Packers or Badgers games. And it's because it, it's the team in the city I live in. I think my story is not unique and a lot of Scannies in this city, right? True. Very true. Very true. As I have to witness every day at my job with all of you gant- gallivanting around in your, your green and gold, being super excited about your sports team. <laughs> what are all we right. talking about today, Sam? What's the news we got? We got a lot of news, right? We have a lot of news, but first, I think it's appropriate. We need to start off with just a moment of silence for Daryl Grove, co-host of the Total Soccer Show. For over 10 years, this has been one of the most popular soccer podcasts in the United States. You know, I haven't been listening regularly, but especially during the World Cup or, you know, the UEFA Euros or the Copa America, Gold Cup, whatever, that's always who I turn to. And to hear that Daryl Grove lost his battle with cancer, long battle with cancer, but to hear that he's gone, that is that is sad. He was taken from us way too soon. And while I don't know him personally, seeing everything that everyone said about him, it, it sounds like he was really a great guy. So rest in peace, Daryl Grove. And here's a quick moment of silence for you.
All right. We are back with some news. Starting off with not so great news. Hassani Dotson, our Swiss army knife on the loons. Adrian Heath recently told reporters he estimates Hassani Dotson's ankle injury is going to require three to five weeks to recover. Now, the problem is, is that our regular season finale is only two weeks from today. So it's going to take a significant playoff run for us to see Hassani Dotson again this year. And he has been so versatile wherever we've needed him, even though he was not an opening day starter. I think he's played in pretty much every game. Adding salt to the wounds, uh, despite only receiving a yellow card during the game in which his tackle injured Hassani Dotson, Houston's Adam Lindfkist, he was finally suspended and fined by the MLS for his tackle on Hassani Dotson. Given how early it was in that game, that really changed things for us. They could have been at 10 men for that entire game and maybe we would have gotten more than a point out of that game. Yeah, when, when I saw that happen, uh, I think I texted you about it, that 100% I knew right away that it was a high ankle sprain. And I don't know if, did they come out and say that that's what it was or they just said ankle sprain? I haven't heard high ankle or low ankle, but. So so a high ankle, that when I see that three to five weeks, I know that that's a high ankle sprain. You know, I, that's it's an injury that I had in football and it is a pain in the ass. And um, sorry, excuse my language. Don't give us the E Spotify or wherever <laughs> we're at, but it's, it's, it's not fun. And like, I could even tell like the way he was reacting afterwards. Cause it doesn't like, it doesn't immobilize you, you know, like, you know how he was like kind of running around and stuff, but it's one of those, it's one of those injuries that the moment he like goes to bed or like, doesn't, isn't walking around on that ankle, it's going to swell up. And that swelling is going to take a while to go away. Um, he's probably in a walking boot right now. And it's it's a tough injury to come back from. And that's that's all of your like side to side and lateral movement is 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 what you lose in that. Like all you can do is go forward and backwards. And I think about a guy like Asani Dotson, and I don't know if he can play like that, right? Like I don't know if soccer is a sport that you can play uh with with an injury that's gonna limit your ability to move laterally. So yeah, huge bummer. Hopefully, hopefully he can get healthy from it and we can see him in the playoffs if we make a deep run. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's season over for Hassani. And that's also an injury that it's it's so it so much depends on the person. And it and not not that like not that I'm not saying that he doesn't have a high pain tolerance, but it's like a high pain tolerance injury. Um so if you can handle it, like if you can handle that pain tolerance, you can come back sooner. But if it's like you'll feel it. And like that's when I got it. Like I I was out for like three weeks. It was during my senior year, I got a high ankle sprain. And I missed three games and then I tried to come back for the fourth game and I rolled it and it felt like I heard it all over again. And it, it like completely reverted me back to what I like the original injury. So uh, and then I missed more time, you know, so hopefully they figure it out. Hopefully, hopefully uh, he can get healthy and it, it'd be great to see him again. But that's a really tough break for such a great guy and such an awesome member of this team and some that we rely on so much. Yeah, absolutely. Best of wishes, Hassani Dotson. Now, Justin, did you listen? You you missed last week. James uh, James came in in your place, but did you listen to us at all? I did not get a chance to listen, Sam. Oh, man. There was another hizzy. Oh, gosh. What's the hizzy this time, Sam? So the supporter <laughs> shield went away. 
for just a few days. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the supporter shield, that's the award given to, you know, if you were to combine the Western conference and Easter conference standings, the person at the top of the table at the end of the season gets the supporter shield. And it was announced that the supporter shield wasn't going to happen, citing that there were no supporters in the stands, right? So, <laughs> you, you know, I, that, that, that was true, right? No supporters in the stands and that there was, you know, an imbalanced schedule, which was also true. But some people were opposed saying, well, Toronto FC, probably the most vocal saying, well, hold on, we've been busting our butts. We've been getting these things shoved up our nose constantly. We had to, <laughs> we had to live in Orlando in July for like a month and a half. Like we've been doing all of these things so that you can watch us on TV. And now you take this away from us. And I learned something. And that is, is that the supporter shield is not an MLS sponsored award. Oh, it's not okay. an MLS sponsored trophy. It is actually the independent supporters council, which is a national group of like, for example, Minnesota United has the dark clouds, true North elite. They would have a representative on the independent supporters council. Um, I know even USL teams like Ford Madison, they send people to the Independent Supporters Council. And it's that group that is actually in charge of the Supporters Shield. And it dates back to the 90s when the MLS was started. The MLS was slow to recognize regular season standings as they would in the rest of the world because they were trying to emphasize the playoff structure that more resembled typical American sports, right? So that was the history of this, this shield, the, the brief history of the shield. I encourage you to look into it more, but, but anyway, Toronto FC, other, other people around the MLS world, not happy with the decision to take this award away. So the ISC actually announced they were going to reverse their decision. And yeah, it was, a big hizzy, but I think we all learned what the supporter shield actually means and what it represents, that it was something that came from the supporters to award the team with the best regular season results and their support recognize their supporters for their contributions to that. So yes, it was a hizzy, but I think we learned something and I think I'm going to look at the supporter shield differently now. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for telling me that story, Sam. That's uh, that's some fun information and, and I'm, I'm glad I know more about it as well. Yeah. It just prior to the hizzy and learning, it just seemed kind of like piddly, like, Oh, cool. Supporter shield. Like, like you, you automatically link it to in England. They have the community shield. Like community shield. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It was or, like the same thing as. Yeah. Like in, no one cares about that, right? Like we already forgot who won it this year. Actually, shoot, it was it was Arsenal. James was talking about it. <laughs> Sorry, I, I wasn't trying to make a joke. Like you already forget about it because it's just not that big of a deal. 
moving on. It's I'm I'm glad I know now and I look at it differently now. So not all hizzies are bad. Here's something <laughs> I'm in a hizzy about though. Can I just say before you say this, Sam? I'm so sorry for you, man. It just it's it seems like you know everywhere you go, every every turn you take, Sam. There's just a there's just a brick wall in your face, in your your quest to see your sports team while also not having to pay cable prices. And I'm so sorry for you, Sam. <laughs> Actually, I'll I'll explain, but you don't have to feel sorry for me because I went a different route. But so Fox Sports North and any regional Fox Sports network, right? No longer included with Hulu which they were already not on Slang, YouTube, or any other like cord-cutting streaming service. So that means if you don't have cable and you want to watch the loons in the Twin Cities media market, you're, you're out of options. You better call up Comcast. You better call up, I think the DirecTVs and all those probably still have it, but none of it. Dish, Dish just got it back, I think. Like that was... Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that that, that was it was going to be off dish. But I think there, I think there's dish now. Wouldn't know. That is because <laughs> I use the Fox Sports Go app and log in with my parents' account, and I don't feel bad about it at all. Next because. thing you know, they're gonna, they're going to limit they're going to limit devices, Sam. They're going to limit they're going to like single device app or something like that. My parents aren't using it. <laughs> Here's the thing. This is why, because I'm someone that I don't mind paying for sports. I subscribe to Sunday tickets so I can watch the Packers on the four to six games a year that they're not, that they're on the same time as the Vikings. I have Sunday tickets so I can, so I can watch the Packers and typically I invite my friends over and they bring me beer and pizza. So it, it pays off in the end, but I don't mind paying for sports. And that is the point I'm trying to make. And that's why I'm in a hizzy. Sam's like Sam's willing to pay you guys, Fox Sports. He will gladly pay you if you let him without having to buy cable. <laughs> right? Like, I am 33. I can afford to pay <laughs> to watch what I want to watch. I don't care. Like, I'm not some college kid, but it's the principle of it. It's that, like, I specifically got YouTube TV over Sling so that I could watch Fox Sports North. And then they took it away. And then I was going to get Hulu so I could watch Fox Sports North. And then they took it away. And I would have gotten Hulu. Remember, I didn't because they would have made me cancel my Disney Plus bundle, which I thought was also <laughs> stupid. I Do we, Sam, should we like just schedule a segment in every episode about you complaining about your streaming services? I feel like we we get on at each episode. I mean, it, it's it's valid, and I'm sure that there's other people in this boat. But like, this is just a reoccurring issue in your life, Sam. I think this is a finale. I don't think <laughs> like we didn't anticipate that they'd pull the rug under out from underneath people again. Like, yeah, a lot of Minnesota United fans switched from YouTube TV to Hulu TV so they could watch the Loons, and now they can't. I, I wish we knew why. Like, I wish that there was. You know, somewhere that we could hear about some sort of like exclusive rights deal that they have with cable companies or maybe, maybe, Sam, they are going to eventually have their own streaming service. Well, you know, like maybe maybe that'll be under kind of how like what NBC now has like the Peacock yeah. streaming service. Like maybe Fox will soon have 
some Fox streaming service that will include their sports offerings, right? Like the the FSNs and everything like that. Like I could see that happening. Yeah. So I get that you're a cable guy and you haven't had to look into this, but when you are a cord cutting guy, you have, we have looked into this. So Fox Sports North and all the regional Fox Sports networks around the country, they're owned by a company called Sinclair. So I think initially people didn't know who to blame between Sinclair and say Sling or Sinclair and shoot, I even remember this being an issue with PS PS View, PlayStation View. I think people didn't know who was at fault until it started being all of them. But here is kind of the light at the end of the tunnel is that MLS doesn't want teams. So right now, each individual MLS team, they make their own deal with who is going to be their regional broadcaster. And MLS, I forget if it's 2022 or 2023, but they're telling teams not to make any deals past that year because they're going to have a league-wide thing. So I think you are right. I think there's going to be a subscription service in the near future for just the MLS. And I am super happy with that because then this hizzy that we've been talking about for too long isn't going to happen anymore. (laughs) We can just pay our money and be done with it. But yeah, right now it's just, it's a hizzy. And I, I blame Sinclair. It it has to be Sinclair with all of these, (laughs) with all of these TV providers who I don't have a high opinion of TV providers anyway. Like, you know, it just seems, for example, Comcast and their monopoly on this market is ridiculous. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But it, it seems like Sinclair is just extra difficult to work with and to hell with them. So, so you can feel free to to edit this out, Sam. If you don't want to, you don't want to get super political. But when you said Sinclair, it brought to mind that they so they're like a super conservative new like like channel company. So they like and they are very uh, intertwined with their news broadcasts. And they like they write everything. So if you watch a, one Sinclair news station, like so ours is the, like the the twenty three I think is like our channel, whatever that's called now. And um, like they're all their news is the same because they want it to all be in this conservative lens. And they made national news because they showed the pandemic video that was all over Facebook and got like got removed from Facebook. They showed it on TV. Like they showed pandemic, like this fake thing saying that the coronavirus was or COVID-19 was fake. They showed it on television and without any sort of like, oh, like just let you know, this is kind of not factual. Like they just straight up showed it. Uh, So Sinclair sucks. So damn you, Sinclair. (laughs) Let us watch FSN. All right, then. There we go. Anyway, that's the end of my hizzy. Shoot, this one could be a hizzy too, um, but I'll, I'll just go over it briefly and then maybe we talk about it more when James is on. So there were leaked details for a proposed European Premier League, which was backed by a $6 billion investment by JP Morgan. And Liverpool and Manchester United both seem to be involved and in support, as well as the president of Real Madrid. It, it sounds like the other English teams, and this this is actually where the only kind of funny part about this is that, so Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, Man City, you know, the rest of the big six also approached about the idea of forming a European Premier League, but 
only a max of five English teams are allowed, which how funny would it be if the one that was left out was Tottenham? And then you could laugh, you would, you could, you could laugh about it forever, Sam. <laughs> I'm, I'm not in favor of this, but is it, this is, and this is, doesn't have anything to do with the, um, the plan that the premier league was talking about, right. That ever, that, that no one supported except for like, what was it like? No, there was the, the other one that was just in the works where it was going to give like controlling power to like six teams, right? Like the original six or what? I don't know what the terminology was, but there was like some idea like, and it was going to reduce the side of the size of the EPL. These are, these are not the same thing, right? Right. Yeah. You're thinking of uh they called it project big picture. Yeah. Project big, big picture. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not it, but I encourage people to look that up too. But basically what this would be is just like a, say an 18 team league comprised of the biggest teams from England, Spain, Germany, Italy, and France. And whoever the founding clubs are, they are guaranteed to be safe from relegation for like 20 years, which is a, is a really big deal because when you think about like the valuation of soccer teams, like compared to say the, the NFL, right? Like the NFL, you buy an NFL team, they are in the NFL forever. But you buy an English Premier League team, forget about the Champions League. You don't even have a guarantee they're going to stay in the Premier League. They can get relegated. So missing the top four, missing the Champions League isn't even the biggest deal. They, by theory, could be relegated. And for that reason, the valuation of English Premier League clubs is much lower than you would expect. For this European Premier League, any founding team will be exempt from relegation for two decades. Now, this league phase would consist of a home and away between all teams. So 34 games. That's a big season. And they'd be doing, they'd still be doing EPL on top of this. Like the EPL would still be in existence. Yeah. Yeah. Would would Champions League still happen too? Probably not. Or if it, if it was, it'd be like the new Europa League. Okay. Where it'd just be like second tier. So yeah, like, It would be going alongside the EPL, but part of what makes the EPL so exciting as a Chelsea fan is that like last year, they weren't going to, Chelsea wasn't going to win the EPL, but watching their, their quest to be in the top four so that they'd qualify for the champions league. That was so entertaining where, where now, like if your team is in the European premier league, all of a sudden, if you're not going to win the EPL that year, does it really matter as long as you don't get relegated? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, I, I was reading some stuff about the whatever that other thing was called. What would you call it again? What was the project? Big the picture. Project Big Picture. And I, and it's, you know, I was reading an article. And it was it was by Phil Hay, who he writes uh, about leads for The Athletic. And he was talking about how it, there's like this big influence, this growing influence of of American sports on Premier League, and even like Leeds. Even Leeds has like 10 percent of their ownership now is the San Francisco 49ers ownership. Oh, so, that sucks. Yeah, so yeah, so Leeds Leeds ownership part of their ownership is an NFL team, right? And like Liverpool, right? Liverpool is is the Red Sox ownership, so baseball. The Glazers own Man U. They're the they own the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Like 
whatever. Does does the guy that owns the Jaguars, does he own somebody in the Premier maybe, League? Maybe Fulham. Yeah. So, but they're like in, you know, because of, because the way things are in the United States, like relegation and promotion is super cool concept. We'd never get that in the NFL. We'd never get that in baseball. We'd never get in basketball. We can't even get it in MLS because of the the money that's being put into these clubs. Right. And I, and, and there's this belief that, that the relegation promotion system might not be a forever thing for the EPL. That that all like as these owners come in, these people with these football backgrounds or American sports backgrounds that see the big cash cow that they are, that if you can get rid of that, you know, it can increase your valuation, just like you said, right? And it can make you even more money. But I I would have to say that that's like the fun of it, right? Like, and you, I'm sure you appreciate that about Chelsea. Like every year, Chelsea is trying to be good. Like they can't tank. They, there's no tanking in the APL. You know, you're not going to just sell off all your good players and kind of sit back for a year and develop some studs, you know, while you you count your cash. You have to be relevant or else you're going to get you're going to get possibly relegated. So I I don't like it. I don't like it, Sam. I don't like it one bit. I, I, I like it the way it is, you know, as things are now. And I'm sure they'll find some sort of compromise, um, unfortunately. And, and, you know, from what Phil Hayes said, it's like this stuff is. It's not a matter of if, but when with a lot of these things, unfortunately. Uh, I just, yeah, hopefully it takes forever. (laughs) Well, and we're going to, you know, our next topic is an example of this, but I'm about to just kind of give you the recap of the final two games of the Ford Madison season. Part of the reason I love Ford Madison or Minneapolis City SC, even to some extent, Minnesota United, is that it hasn't been corrupted by money yet a little bit with the MLS, but it's a lot different when you're, when you're watching players that aren't all millionaires, right? We, we have some millionaire players, but definitely not all of them. Ethan Finley, he, he and I could live in the same neighborhood for all we know. I could shop at the same target as Robin Lud. Actually, he's probably a millionaire. <laughs> he's probably a millionaire, but you know, Hassani Dotson might shop at the same target as me. Like soccer at this level, it's still so exciting. There's still so much passion in it and it just hasn't been corrupted by money yet. And I love the Premier League. I love it, but everything I hate about it all has to do with the money. And, you know, I I know as the MLS gets bigger, it's exciting, right? It's exciting to see Zlatan. It was exciting to hear Chicharito was coming. It hasn't been that exciting to watch him, but that was exciting. It, it was exciting to hear Minnesota United spent millions of dollars on a Argentine number 10. But everything I dislike about the MLS has to do with money. Anyway, Ford Madison. So final two games of the season, a loss and a win. They lost against North Texas 0-1. They won against New England 2-1. But they are, unfortunately, they were not in the top two. The top two, that League One final, is going to be on Friday at 7 o'clock. That is Greenville Triumph versus Union Omaha. So Union Omaha qualifies for the final in their first season. My brother-in-law, Michael, will be excited about that. The USL Championship, that division, is having their final on Sunday, a week from today, at 7.30, Tampa Bay Rowdies versus Phoenix Rising. All right, man, let's get on to the game at Cincinnati. 
Pretty solid lineup going into the game at Cincinnati. Dane St. Clair in the goal. Gasper, DeBossi, Boxy, and Metinair in the back. Gregish and Alonzo. So Gregish back from international duty. We weren't totally sure if that was going to happen. In the attacking mid, it was Lud, Molino, and Finlay. Kai Kamara up front. And the substitutions we used during the game were Emmanuel Reynoso, Aaron Schoenfeld, and Brent Coleman way at the end for Brent Coleman. Now, Justin, your boy Raheem Edwards, not even on the bench. And and he hasn't played in a long time, Sam. Like it's been it's been multiple games, right? Like I don't know the last time Raheem played in a game. Do we know if there's injury or anything like that? Well, I wanted to ask you about so after the disappointing draw last week. Raheem Edwards posted on Twitter where he again didn't have an appearance in the game. He posted SMH, shake my head. And I don't know Raheem Edwards. I don't know if he is a supportive teammate. I don't know if he is a toxic teammate. I don't know if he's somewhere in between. I don't know if he's, I I don't know him. But SMH after a game like that, I did not read that assuming it was a positive SMH, like shake my head like we were there and we just didn't pull through or it just didn't, it just wasn't our night. SMH, shake my head, just wasn't our night. We'll get it next time. I don't know if it was that kind of shake my head or shake my head. You left me on the bench. This effing sucks. This is such a big CF. Like, I don't know what kind of SMH that was, but I'm assuming it was the latter. Now, Justin, as a college athlete, what do you think about Raheem Edwards? Because that has to be connected, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I think I think that we can't read too much into perceived subtweet or whatever. It was right after the game. You're saying that that's what like the connection is that we're thinking that maybe it has something to do with it. Yeah. Did he like anything that was like? I guess I found it. Like I looked right now, and. Yeah, I found it. It just says an SMH. I don't know. I don't know how much to read into it. I think sometimes you get emotional and and I don't think that that's that big of a deal. You know, like it could have been much worse. I, if, sure. if you're looking for some like vocal response where he's like, you know, like F, F, <laughs> Adrian Heath or something like that. Um, but I don't know if an SMH is enough to not like to bench a guy. I mean, for gosh sakes, like look at, Look at the way that look at look at what my boy Calvo got away with over and over again, and he still found a way to have a job. Still, right? Like, I don't know. I'm looking at the tweet, and I, I think that maybe it's because you know there's a lot of people that are commenting on it that are that are Loons fans. I don't know if is he liking them. He's not liking the t- the tweets. I, I mean, he wants to play. I mean, everybody that's on that team wants to play, and you can't blame a guy for being frustrated that he's not finding his way on the pitch. So I don't know. I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, Sam, but I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think it's a big enough deal to bench somebody for. Um, Now, if he, now if he's being vocal at practice or whatever and being cancerous, like that's something, but who knows? I'm not looking for an answer. I just, it piqued my interest knowing how large our bench is and not seeing him on it. It piqued my interest. Yeah, that's a, such a big bench. It sucks. It sucks to not have him on there. But you always well, have. And your he's been. 
he's been someone you're you're not the only one in the fan base calling for more Raheem, right? Yeah, he's good. <laughs> Allegedly, he's, we haven't seen him in forever. I know, but like when he plays, he's good. Yeah, who knows? You know, as someone that, that is a Minnesota Vikings fan base, I think people spent there, there was there was some issues, I guess, the last couple of seasons with with Stefan Diggs doing stuff like that, like tweeting like one word tweets that people were diving way into and assuming that they must have been something negative towards the team. And sometimes they were like some, so there was some truth to it, right? Like a lot of like, there's some truth to, you know, any sort of like rumors and stuff. Right. So, and he even said that himself. So I don't know. I think I I hope that, I hope that whatever it is gets figured out if there is some sort of like issue happening. Cause I think that we're a better team with Raheem Edwards on it. All right. Well, let's talk more about the game. This is, for for a game that we're not just going to blow off, this is being about 40 minutes in. This is probably the... <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There have been some games we've completely just blown off. You know, this wasn't the most exciting game, but we've we've talked about worse games. Talking about the first half, Minnesota United started off slow. In the first 20 minutes, only 35% possession. Zero shots compared to Cincinnati's six. And I got to say, Cincinnati missed on just some great chances. Yeah. Oh, man. A number of those could have been goals, Sam. They had a lot of opportunities in the box that they did not capitalize on. Right. They had six shots. I... Not many of those six shots were on target. They had a lot just go completely over the goal. Mm-hmm. It's not like Dane St. Clair, you know, this was a clean sheet. We got to give that for him. But it's not like he was tested frequently during this game. Like when the guy like was six feet away from him and kicked it right into his, his gut. <laughs> we're over his head. I, I mean, over his head. <laughs> I'd like not a great game for finishing for Cincinnati. Minnesota United weathered that storm, picked things up, and started to have some opportunities. Finley and Molino each had some nice opportunities around the 30-minute mark. Our possession really improved, and I thought our, our midfield with Ozzy and Gregish, I thought really limited Cincinnati's options in the middle. It was nice after such a, you know, just dismal start. By the end of the first half, Minnesota United increased possession from 35% to 41 and had four shots uh, that all came after the 30th minute and held Cincinnati to only two in the second half of the first half. And then here was something I don't think I've ever seen before. Let me know if you have zero added time. (laughs) The refs, the refs were just like, you know what? We're good. We're good. We've seen enough. (laughs) Let's wind this one down. Yeah, zero at a time. I have I have noticed though. So now that I'm watching a little bit more EPL, I'm surprised at how often they blow the whistle early in the EPL. Like they'll give them two minutes, but after a minute thirty, they're just like, "Nah, we're good." Like I've seen that more than once now, and it's like I always thought they'd err on the side of giving them more time, right? Like that's what it feels like usually happens. You know, some some refs got somewhere to be, right? They want to get back. They want to. They want. To, to chomp on some orange slices in the locker room, you know, see their friends. 
that just might be the games you're watching. I feel like it's always the opposite for me where it's like, okay, come on, come on, blow that whistle. <laughs> blow that whistle. Now, in the second half, Minnesota looked a little bit better. There wasn't anything like that first 20 minutes where Cincinnati was pressing and Minnesota was just trying to survive. There's nothing like that, but more or less a pretty uneventful half other than Minnesota looked better. I think looked better than Cincinnati still didn't look great in the 75th minute. You do get Aaron Schoenfeld come on for Kai Kamara, who had a quiet night. And you do have Emmanuel Reynoso come back. He comes back in for his first appearance since he probably had COVID. He comes in for Ethan Finlay. And that resulted in a formation change, which, you know, we were talking about the Dummy Run podcast with our friend Grant earlier today. I am really excited to listen to what Grant says about this because. Grant is a Robin Lud guy. And not only is he a Robin Lud guy, but he is a strong advocate for Robin Lud to be playing on the right. But since Ethan Finlay has returned from injury, we have been seeing Robin Lud on the left. But with Reynoso coming in for Finlay, there was a little bit of shift. And, and it wasn't necessarily right away. I think uh I think Emmanuel Reynoso took Molino's spot in the middle right away and Molino just drifted to the left. But then after several minutes, you see that Molino and Robin Lud switch and all of a sudden now Molino, Molino is on the left. Sorry, I, I said earlier that Molino was on the left. No, Molino initially shifted to the right and Robin Lud stayed on the left and then they swapped. I'm, I'm interested to hear what, what our good friend Grant, our, our two-time pot on you loons capped guest star, Grant. I'm excited to hear what he has to say on the Dummy Run, Run podcast about that. But the real craziness happened in the 91st minute. After a corner that shouldn't have been a corner, you know, maybe Cincinnati was a little bit too busy contesting that call that they forgot to prepare for the corner. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised because even the broadcast team seemed a little distracted because as the corner was taking place, we were still watching the replay of uh, of whether or not that should have been a corner or not and who the ball went out on. But there was a corner and Boxy got his head on the ball, but it hits the far post, lands right at the feet of Big Celery who rebounds and shoots it right in between the legs of Cincinnati's goalkeeper. That was so cool, Sam. Just a nice little five hole. Love it. I got to say that was the most confused I've ever been uh, watching, watching a game because the way that they showed it, you thought you were watching a replay and then all of a sudden there was a goal. It was weird. Nothing yeah, more to say there. It was weird. <laughs> but Hey, it's good to end up with the goal, the goal in the back of the, the ball in the back of the net, right? That's super nice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Callum Williams even kind of, because I guess Minnesota United's broadcast team, they just take the feed. They don't get to mm-hmm. control it. And he made sure <laughs> to emphasize that. <laughs> <laughs> just completely That's... just completely throws Cincinnati's crew under the bus. <laughs> That's been, been one of my favorite things about COVID era is because like that happened for twins games too. And like Bert 
Burt Blylevin, I don't, I mean, sorry, sorry to all you people out there that aren't familiar with Minnesota sports, but Burt Blylevin's this like salty old base, like, like a pitcher from, from many years ago. And there was a couple times he was like, why do they keep showing that replay? I don't need to keep watching that replay. And and then the other guy would have to be like, well, we have to watch it because we don't get to control the video. Like, <laughs> uh, I think we all know circle me bird, right? Not, not our people from overseas. Not our, our friends in Bangladesh. They don't know anything about Circle Me Bert. I don't think we have any listeners in Bangladesh. We added Jamaica to the crew. Oh, what's up, Jamaica? What's up, man? <laughs> but anyway, Justin, any takeaways from this game? Uh, man, I, I don't know. We just we just don't look super smooth. Um, we don't look really well put together. I think I think it helps when you get to put Emmanuel Reynoso out on there to kind of, you know, interject some life into this team a little bit. I think that we're kind of limping towards the finish line a little bit, which is concerning. You know, that even even with the the forced vacation a little bit there with COVID, I think we still we, we kind of just don't look we don't look in full form right now. So hopefully, uh hopefully, you know, squeaking away with the win there, getting those three points can can kind of light a fire under, underneath them. And hopefully, you know, with guys like Greg Goose back and, you know, having him and Alonzo back together, that's super awesome. Like hopefully moving forward when we get, you know, some more first first team choices that we want to see out there that, that, that we can look better, but yeah, lucky to get three points, but uh, still kind of, you know, still kind of nervous about this team and, and, and whether or not we're going to have a chance to make a run in the playoffs this year with the way we're looking right now. Well, yeah, it, it felt like Cincinnati had their opportunities and, and just couldn't finish. We talked about that in the first half. And again, we we talked about this earlier. Dane St. Clair had a nice game, but it didn't really appear he was asked to do much more than just routine goalkeeping. So while he kept the clean sheet, it it just again, like I always think back to that that Tim Howard USA game against Belgium where Tim Howard's just playing out of his mind. It's it's not like it was that kind of a of a game, you, you know, for such a defensive game for a, for a clean sheet. It's not like it was that. But Minnesota United was the better team as the game progressed. We again we we talked about how in the first twenty minutes, Cincinnati and their aggressive press they they had sixty five percent possession and six shots compared to Minnesota United zero, but. From 20 minutes on, they had only six additional shots compared to Minnesota United's 18. And Minnesota United was able to finish with 46% of the possession. I just, you know, our our defense was fine. Our defense was solid. It's it's just our attack. And the team will be fine. I don't think we're in danger of not making the playoffs just because we have such a solid defense. But with our attack, that makes me question if we have what it takes to go deep because Kai Kamara were, were several games in and he's still not factoring in much. And yeah, this was a win, but it was a win that almost wasn't a win against the team that is dead last in the MLS standings. When you combine the Eastern and Western conference. So to need an extra time, fluke lucky goal you know take advantage of a bad call 
to need to rely on that to win against a team like that doesn't make me the most optimistic person in the world for our chances at making a run. So let's take a look at the standings quick as we get towards the final stage of the season. As it stands right now on Sunday night, Minnesota United FC has 27 points. They're averaging 1.5 points per game with 18 games played. And that's with four or five remaining, depending on if we make up the one against Dallas. Now, just going over the top four in the Western Conference and seeing how we compare in the table, Sporting Kansas City right now is number one with 33 points, 1.74 points per game, and 19 games played. So that means we are 16 points back with a game in hand from Sporting Kansas City. Seattle in second with 32 points. They're at 1.78 points per game with 18 games played. So we're five points back from Seattle. Portland's in third place with 32 points. 1.68 points per game. They have 19 games played. So we are five points back with a game in hand against Portland. Then LAFC in fourth with 28 points. 1.47 points per game, so actually a little less than us. They have 19 games played, and we are one point back with a game in hand against LAFC. On the outside looking in, in ninth place, because the top eight teams make the playoffs, in ninth place is Real Salt Lake with 22 points. They're at 1.16 points per game. They have 19 games played, so we are five points ahead of Real Salt Lake with a game in hand. I don't know, man. What are your thoughts? I'm, lo- I'm just looking at the, the table right now. And even with all like the defensive stuff, and I wouldn't say struggles, but like the inconsistency and the lack of Ico Parra and, and Ozzy Alonso, it's pretty interesting to see that we have like the third fewest goals allowed in the Western Conference right now um, at 23 behind Seattle with 18 uh, FC Dallas with 20. And then we're, we're with 23 in third place. Like that's, that's great. Um, but I think that also points to the fact that we're not as good at scoring goals as we were last year. Um, and we are not, we are not top three in goal score. That's for sure. I think that our defense is, is, is going to hold us, you know, hopefully within this top, this top eight, you know, I'm looking at the goal differentials. I, I, you know, da- Dallas is in sixth place and, and like they, you know, we've seen them. They're a pretty solid team. So maybe they could, they could jump ahead of us, but like Vancouver and San Jose are both, man, Vancouver's got a negative 17 goal differential. San Jose has got a negative 16 goal differential. You know, they're just not good teams. So, I mean, obviously like anything can happen. And they also, they also both have played 20 games, Vancouver and San Jose. So I don't know if I see us falling you know, unless something terrible happens, you know, we got to get the offense going, you know, hopefully in, and hopefully we can get it clicking in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully Kai Kamara can get involved. I'm guessing, you know, I, I didn't know if you talked about it, but I don't know if there's been any word on Amaria. I assume that Amaria is, Amaria is toast for the year. Like he's probably not playing again this year. It is looks that- like he's needing surgery mm-hmm. and it looks like it, the conversation will shift to what does Minnesota United do? since he is 
technically on a loan to buy. Mm -hmm. So we're not obligated to buy his contract. Right. He could go back to his home club. But man, he was good. He was good those couple games, man. He was. Yeah, I... I think that's going to be a main talking point of the off season until we have a little clarity is did we see enough from Amaria in just the few games we saw him healthy for to pull the trigger and purchase his contract? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think Reynoso just, I think Reynoso just brings so much to this team that I, I'd love to see what he does in, in a tournament, you know, a tournament setting. I also really liked an article I read about Dane St. Clair. I think it was in the, the pioneer press uh, where they talked about, you know, basically like he, he was the, the, the MVP of the NCAA tournament uh, for, for Maryland. Cause he just, he shut, shut it down during the playoffs and no one could get a goal by him. So, you know, and he's kind of, he's kind of become a budding star. So, you know, we are the path for us might just to be a lockdown defensive team. Um, and hopefully we can make some chances here and there when we, when we get a chance in the counterattack. Yeah, we're we're definitely not going to be scoring a ton of goals. So we got to figure out a way. Well, and I'm glad you brought up Dane St. Clair because just speaking of topics for the offseason, which I'm hoping we can postpone talking about the offseason as long as we can. But with Dane St. Clair playing at the level that he has been playing, what do we do about Tyler Miller? Because I, I don't know how you just bench Dane St. Clair after this and... Dane St. Clair is the younger guy. Dane St. Clair is the one with the higher ceiling. Tyler Miller is still a top 10 MLS goalkeeper. So what do we do about that? Yeah, I guess we'll find out this offseason, right? All right. A little bit of a longer show today. Let's start to close things down. We will just give you a quick fantasy EPL update for the Pot on You Loons League. And then we will give you a little preview of some of the games coming up. Our our fantasy EPL league for Pod on You Loons, the personalities and listeners, which apparently you can still join because some random dude just joined and we now have 18 people. Um, but just giving you a little bit of a rundown, Justin, you've climbed up a little bit. I've climbed up a lot. I don't necessarily know how. I definitely started two people today that got me no points. So... <laughs> I'm not trying to break. I don't think this is the most competitive league is I guess what I'm saying. But so I'm in fourth place. The Cheesehead Loons are in fourth. Doomsday Jeremy and his My Franchise football team. That that was a shameless plug he made for his own podcast, right? They're in sixth. So the fact that I'm beating a fantasy guru makes me feel good. Justin, you climbed a seven with Kelvo and Co. I told you, man, I got a team. My team's figuring it out. You passed up James at 10, Captain's Goon Squad, and Nate at 11 with his lower league legends. Now, so that's all of all of like the people that have been on the pod are 11th or higher. But then just below Nate, we have Soccer Bear, Hodge Squad, Darkwing Duck, and Boom Zakalaka. Those are listeners that have interacted with us. Um, the rest of the people in the table, I, I don't know who they are. Um, <laughs> again, I think that they're just randoms. I think that they're just random people that just joined a random league. But I would love it, random people, if you would interact 
if you interact, I'll give you a shout out just like I did for soccer bear, Hodge squad, Darkwing duck and boom, Zakalaka. but reach out, follow us on Twitter at Podloons. We'd love to hear from you because the top three people are all people I don't recognize as being listeners of the show, but no one wants to listen to me talk about how I'm beating all of, uh, all of Justin, Nate, James, Jeremy, how I'm beating all of them in fantasy. So let's look at the schedule coming up for Minnesota United. This Wednesday, October 28th against Colorado, followed by a Sunday game on November 1st at Sporting Kansas City. We will likely record our next episode shortly after the Kansas City game. Following that game, we have November 4th against Chicago and Sunday, November 8th, against Dallas. Now, right now, as far as we know, these are the last four games of the season. There has been no announcement yet on if our canceled game from October 11th against Dallas will be rescheduled or not. I kind of get the impression that the league is just hoping that that game doesn't matter and that they can just forget about it, but I don't know what will happen with that. But until next time, thank you for listening. If you are a new listener, we had uh, we had some evidence of some new listeners this uh, this past week, and definitely quite a few new Twitter followers, as we discussed earlier. If you are a new listener, we hope we hope you enjoyed. Communicate with us, interact with us. We we love we love talking to all of you. But until next time, pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Peace out. <laughs>